brother. <laughs> yeah. That I'm definitely going to want you to make in just a few seconds. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, Code Keepers. Hey, look, uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but in the ether, Big Tigger has made a statement. I don't care about reparations. And then he further has been supporting a lot of the Democratic candidates. There's this talk about vote blue no matter who. And tonight, the good brother Minister Zumbi and I, we're going to put that to rest. So, welcome to another great episode of Get On Code. All right, welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge itself. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get on code. So, look, we got two things that are kind of here in the ether. You know, uh, Big Ticker, now, Big Ticker did not specifically say vote blue no matter who. So that's been kind of put together with his statement about reparations, uh, which is something that we're going to get into. But Minister Zumbi, man, you were saying a second ago that we don't understand political science mm -hmm. and that uh, Kwame Ture was sharing some things back in the day that we right. should really get a better grasp of. Go into that, bro. Yeah, the ancestor Kwame Ture always talked about approaching revolution from a scientific perspective. In other words, if you're going to win this war, you're going to have to bring logic to the table along with uh, right brain thinking. And I think that's where we've kind of fallen short, where we've relied on cliches and slogans and war cries, but we haven't sat down and thoroughly developed, implemented, and executed a blueprint. See. And when when I go back and I hear, well, let me rewind this. Okay. Rewind. Uh, <laughs> you know, at, at age 18, 19, I remember a quote from Lord Rothschild. And the quote is, permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. So in other words, he says, look, I don't care who's in office. Give me control of the money. I control him. Hmm. Okay. That's why I said when, when you and I went to college, they were handing out degrees in political science, not political emotion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not political emotion. Yeah. <laughs> it's poli sci. Okay. Okay. And and we don't and we don't approach this from and I think it really hit me when 
I saw how emotionally invested people were in the 2008 presidential election. I mean, people was shedding crocodile tears. They was boohooing. They was, I mean, I thought I was at the Super Bowl the way people was acting. You know, but what it tells me is that you don't really understand how politics really works and how money influences political agendas. Okay. Hmm. And so when Big Ticket comes out and says, oh, vote, 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 I said, wait a minute. Did we vote to get the right to vote? Yeah, ooh, 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 ooh. I've said that a couple of times. Okay. I've said that a couple of times and people are saying, anytime I've said that, I've gotten a lot of pushback with people saying, you're telling us not to vote. No, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. I want to tap in on your point a little later, but ooh, yeah. I hate when I hear that. Yeah. So it's kind of like you think that this voting is some magic bullet, but you know, I kind of go back to Dr. Claude Anderson. He says, look, when you look at that five-story building, everything begins with economic empowerment. Before politics, okay, when immigrants come to this country, what's the first thing they work on? Their economic empowerment. So when they do that, now they can come into a political arena and buy or rent any political figure that they can to carry out their agenda. Okay, I'll give you a prime example. Charlie Rangel has been owned by the tobacco industry since, hell, God knows when, since he's been in office. Okay? I said, mm-hmm. how, I said how many in the Congressional Black Caucus, what political action committees owned them? All right? When... When those Negroes signed off on a resolution to bring Asada Shakur back from Cuba for trial, I'm like, really? Y'all signed off on that? Uh, it's it's amazing some of the things when we really take a deep dive mm-hmm. and look at some of the things that our politicians, our elected officials and non-elected governmental officials have signed on to right it 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 it's mind-boggling brother mm-hmm. and 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 look i don't want to just come from a place of griping and moaning right. mm-hmm. you know so you know one of the things that i'm involved in here in the hampton roads area is we have a community action team and the community action team we meet on a weekly basis i give up my time i volunteer my time on a weekly basis i actually chair the committee mm-hmm. and we are evaluating the political decisions of our governmental officials. Okay. And we release report cards <laughs> and we oh, release wow. position statements. <laughs> we release um, messaging, mm. you know, and we're doing these things because one of the things that we found out and, you know, I, you know, I ran for the school board and I, I didn't win, did pretty well. But okay. one of the things that I learned is that most of us, most of us don't understand politics well. That's just what you know Kwame Torre said. Right. So I was running for school board and people were mixing me up with a gentleman who's much taller than I am, much more muscular than I am, and actually a lot more famous than I am, um, who was running for city council. 
Okay. And they're like, hey, stop. You can stop talking already. I'm voting for that person. I'm like, he's running for city council. I'm running for school mm-hmm. board. Oh, what's the difference? I'm telling yo, I kid you not. I kid you not. I heard that multiple times. Mm-hmm. I heard that multiple times. So the community action team, our focus is to wake the sleeping giant. Okay. And we're doing that with understanding and developing the backbone to compel elected officials. Elected officials. That's that's true. That's true. We need to learn politics. And one of the things that I learned politically is powerful people make a phone call and get legislation. Right. You know, and weaker organizations, weaker people, weaker entities, weaker mm -hmm. communities say, if you don't do right, we're going to vote you out next time. (laughs) Powerful people, powerful communities say, make a change. Right. Right. So we have kind of wrapped ourselves around voting as 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 the singular strategy for political empowerment. And Mm -hmm. and once again, I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. I voted in every election that has occurred since I turned 18. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm 50, 50 something. All right. So in Virginia, we vote every year. And I've been in Virginia since 1990. All right. Okay. So since 1990, I voted every every year. I vote when it's the Democratic primary. I mm. vote when it's the Republican primary. Okay. And if they're happening on the same day, you know, then you have to choose one. Right. But if they're not on the same day, every registered voter can vote. And what's crazy is people are like, you voted in the Republican primary? Yes. You're a Republican? No. Well, why would you vote in the Republican primary if you're not a Republican? Dummy. Because I have a position where I can influence who gets in what position on both sides. And just think, if I'm in a room with somebody who wins, I can say, I didn't vote for you, and they count you out. Mm. I can say, I voted for you, and you have their ear. I can say, I voted for not your opponent, not this person. I voted for the other person, and I considered you, and these are the reasons why I didn't vote. Now I have their real interest. You know what I'm saying? So just the fact that, I mean, if I say, um, I said that wrong. If I said I didn't vote, they don't listen to me. But if I said that I voted, then they pay attention. Hmm. And so when I walk in the rooms, I'm able to develop an interaction with some of the elected officials who take me seriously. But if I just vote on the presidential elections, so let me let me bring this point back because I kind of went off track for a second. Voting is not the single solution. Yeah. Our ancestors struggled for us here in America to have the right to vote. It is up to us. It's up to us. It's up to us to make that more valuable. Right. And the way that we make that more valuable is by placing demands on our interest in voting. In other words, you know what? I'm kind of interested in voting for you over the other person, but you got to do these things for me first. Okay. 
And, and see, the other thing that I remind people is this. And I don't know if Ice Cube did this when he put his agenda on the table. Did the agenda come with a check? Ice Cube's agenda did. Ice Cube's okay. agenda did. Now, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought up Ice Cube. So hmm. let me let me tap into what's happening right now. Right. Ice Cube uh, NFL. Okay. So that's a little too big. All right. So he lands a $100 million contract with the NFL. And okay. the NFL pledges to do business with black-owned businesses. Okay. To do a hundred million dollars in business with black-owned businesses. This just happened, right? Right. That's last month. Right. Do you know what's happening right now? Mm, okay. What's happening now? Now they're saying that Ice Cube making is making anti-Asian and anti-Semitic remarks in the past, and they're trying to slow down that one million dollar deal he made with the NFL. <laughs> okay, let's 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 let okay. Now here's what's funny about this. Okay, one third of NFL ownership is Jewish. Okay. Mm -hmm. and so yeah go ahead so in, in his song in one of his songs no vaseline i think he talked about jerry heller right jerry heller was a lawyer who represented primarily easy e mm -hmm. but also at one point pulled together some contracts for nwa right right and when he when jerry heller created created a side deal with easy e he really kind of screwed <laughs> he really kind of screwed the other members of nwa right and so in this song uh no vaseline mm -hmm. he said some derogatory terms <laughs> about jerry heller but he right, was right. talking about jerry heller mm-hmm and what Jerry Heller had done, how Jerry Heller had robbed him of uh, money. Right. And robbed Dre, robbed uh, Yellow Boy, robbed, you know, Man, robbed the yeah. group. Mm -hmm. So he was angry and he called the man a derogatory term in the song, No Vaseline. That whole song, No Vaseline, he was dissing everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So that's the, that's the anti-Semitic part. Okay, and in Black Korea, which was on his beautiful album, um, he talks about how if the Korean store owners keep being violent towards blacks, keep treating blacks like second class citizens, mm -hmm. and keep doing some other things, we are going to respond with violence. Okay, so and see what people have to do is. And you and you mentioned the album Death Certificate. Death Certificate. That's it. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So people have to understand the context in which those songs were written. What was going on? Okay, with the um, 
I forgot the sister's name that was killed by the Korean. Um, oh, I, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You know, I, I know who you're talking about. Right. I know who and, you're talking about. And what had happened was, I think Jim Brown was going to play mediator. And so they brought some, you know, Crips and Bloods up to his house. All of a sudden, here comes cameras. And he just felt like, okay, everybody wants to use us. Right. The woman's name was Natasha Harlins. Okay, right. Natasha Harlins. Matter of fact, N-A-T-A-S-H-A-H-A-R-L-E-N-S. Right. Uh, Latasha Harlins. I said Natasha. It should have been Latasha. Okay. Right. And didn't the woman only got probation? From from my recollection. L- let's let's see. All right. So Latasha Harlins. I said Natasha. I need to fix that tweet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got. Tweet her name correctly. I'll need to put that up there. Mm. She was a sister who was fatally shot at 15. She wow. was a 15-year-old by uh, Soon Jadu, um, a 15, a 51-year-old Korean-American convenience store owner. Mm-hmm. She was tried and convicted of voluntary manslaughter. Oh, wow. Sentenced her to 10 years, but the sentence was suspended, and she was placed on five years probation. She was placed on five years probation. Okay. So, in other words, the uh, the Korean sister killed a fifteen year old black sister and got five years probation. And and see, that's the power of economics. Okay, because I'm willing to bet you when those Koreans came in there. They didn't come like individuals. They came as a cartel. Okay. And they had enough collective economic muscle. Who did they buy off within the LA city council in order to protect Hmm. their interests? You know, go ahead. Well, you know what? To me, that was just an example of evil supremacy protecting its, its interests. Mm Hmm. So I don't know who was paid off. I don't I don't know if anybody was paid off, but that was an example of evil supremacy <clears throat> protecting his interests. So yeah. yeah, so a 15-year-old girl, and, and if you let me see, let me see if I can go back here and and okay. Let's talk right. about the effect. Yeah. After, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a growing disturbance between the blacks and the Korean store owners. It wasn't against blacks and Koreans. Mm. It was a blacks and Korean store owners right. who were doing F-boy stuff. Okay. <laughs> who were doing evil. Right. Mm. Hmm. So when Ice Cube made that song, you know, Black Korea. Right. He was speaking about the evil injustices that happened to Latasha Harlins. Right. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about the evil that happened to this sister. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, 
they're trying to pull away the um, $100 million deal that the NFL struck with Ice Cube's um, contract with contract with Black America. Okay. Because he made an organization. The contract with Black America just wasn't his uh, idea. You know, he sat down right. with groups of people and they came up with this contract and they made an organization. Okay. And so the NFL created a contract with the organization to spend $100 million mm-hmm. with Black-owned businesses. Right. And now they're trying to uh, take that away from them. You know, and that's why I said I find it comical because one third of NFL's ownership is Jewish. So if they don't have a problem with sitting at the table with Cube, then what's everybody else's problem? Okay. And I think it's because it's working because Cube said we're going to move the needle and Cube's organization moved the needle. You know, Mm -hmm. in in 2021, the NFL spent $125 million on in black-owned businesses, including Ariel Investments. Yo, I salute Ariel Investments. Um, that sister has been doing the daggone thing for right. years. Mm-hmm. And she's fine as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, man. You know me. Okay, all right. I mean, I can't. I'm not. I, look. I, look, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you know, but you know the fact that the fact that Q. Oh, okay. Oh, oh this, this is what I was talking about. All right, I wasn't talking about this. <laughs> I wasn't wasn't talking about this brother. You know, salute him for what he's done. Right, um, he was one of the founders. But I was talking about Eric uh, Melody Hobson. I don't know if they're going to show her picture or not. But, oh, you yeah, know, okay. Yeah, she's a sister that's on NBC. Um she yeah, she's, she's um she's booed up with um, George Lucas. George Lucas. Right. Yeah. Operation Dark Side of the Force. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, because okay. the dark side is strong with the Broncos now, so you know. Okay. But when I said, you know, that the uh, she's fine, she she's she's you know, she's always been gorgeous to me. Um mm-hmm. so let me go back because they're trying to use what Cube was talking about to support the movement to support this sister, mm-hmm. Latasha right. Harris. And right. now they're doing their best to uh and they're gonna try. Yeah, they're gonna try. Also- also, during that period, people forget that Q was under the heavy influence of our ancestor, Dr. Khaled Muhammad, during that period. True. Okay. So for those of us who remember that, that's when you started seeing Q reading Final Calls, cut the Jerry Curl, got a bald head. Okay. Uh, was endorsing for young brothers who want manhood training to go down to Moss number 54 for FOI training. Uh-huh. You know, so Q was coming into a more political, cultural uh, phase of his development at that time. You know, 
So, so I always like to keep things within context. But again, I said, if you have one third ownership, who's Jewish? I mean, mm -hmm. look, Cube even had a relationship with Al Davis, who was a Jewish guy from Brooklyn who admired Adolf Hitler. <clears throat> okay. My enemy's enemy is my friend, I think. I think that was yeah. one of the yeah. So so like I said, when it when it comes to money, you you get to a point where certain things become superfluous to how much can we make together? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you may try to bring that up, but um the one thing that I've learned when you come to the round table of power, and the one thing that I appreciate that Q did. He came from a position of strength and value. He says, hey, look, um, I've got black businesses here that can offer you quality and value. What are you willing to give us in exchange? Now, the fact that we're able to get $100 million worth of contracts out of a $20 billion entity like the NFL is a good start. Okay. So now what can happen on the next go round? <clears throat> and see, this is what Dr. Claude Anderson was trying to get at in Black Labor, White Wealth, is we can actually create not only industries, but uh, industries that can support the industry. Okay. So now Cube opening this door. What if in the next go round, Cube was able to get licensing deals for Black businesses? Because that's really where the money is. It's in the licensing. Hmm. All right. Well, maybe we can get you to sit down with Melody and uh, and work that deal out. Yes, sir. <laughs> Operation Dark Side. Yes, sir. With her fine self. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, I definitely want to. Right. I, I definitely want to take a quick moment and give uh, honor to Latasha Harlins and to her family and all who were involved because um, Ashe. Rodney King's beating and her death mm -hmm. really have led to the foundation, really were foundational in our current uh, political and compulsion awakening. Right. Because, you know, what happened in 2020, you know, I guess the Rodney King beating was one of the very first uh, current times when we were able to really say, hey, we've been saying that we've been dealing with police brutality since the 1800s. Here's a great example. Okay. You know, here's proof. Right. Here's proof you can't run away from. Mm -hmm. And... The killing of Harlan's came 13 days after Rodney King was beaten on camera. Wow. So we were already kind of amped up. And I would say that uh, one of the things that happened with the Rodney King situation is of a lot of our elders. And, you know, you may hear me and I, I'm, I'm not demeaning our elders at all. Right. Um, you know, our civil rights soldiers did a lot, a lot of heavy work. Our civil rights soldiers did a lot of heavy good work. However, mm. after Rodney King was beaten on tape, okay, 
we had a lot of our ministers and a lot of our elders saying, we just need to get along. We And Ronnie King said to himself, can't we just all get along? We're just going to pray it away. We're not going to cause a ruckus. We don't want any other problems to happen. We're not going to push the needle. Okay. You know, and so if we would have responded differently then, I think we may not have a George Floyd being murdered on tape. Yeah. Or even the situation with... um... And I'm just remembering because I live in this area, the situation with Amadou Diallo, where he was slaughtered in the Bronx. Uh And I don't know how this was allowed, but they took the case out of New York City and came up to Albany and had an all white jury. Uh And those four cops were acquitted. Okay, then come to find out two of those cops were fresh out of the academy. Now, why were they put on the beat so soon coming out of, you know, police training? Right. Okay. And And so, yeah. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. So, you know, this whole thing, and I call it more domestic terrorism because that's really what it is. And I call it a bully situation because what I'm learning is this. There's a bully mentality within law enforcement. In other words, there's certain demographics that you don't mess with because they have the political and economic muscle to fight back. So you go after the weakest link. Okay. And it seems to be disproportionately when you come after one of ours, it's already predicted what we're going to do. We're going to wail. We're going to cry. We're going to march. We're going to make songs. So we make all this noise, but no change. What's the real long-lasting change from all of these murders? Okay? So... It's already been predicted. And Khalid Muhammad talked about this. He did a, a lecture in Philly at a Free Mamiya rally. And he said, they already know what we're going to do. So that's why they just look at their watches and say, okay, let them have the temper tantrum. And after you know, so many days or so, everything will go back to normal. Because it's like what the Armour Mark Scarvey says, power is the only argument that satisfies man not morality not love not negroes crumping in front of race soldiers it's power even malcolm says the only thing that power fears is greater power and that's where we can move the needle okay we can move towards greater power. You know, with the community action team and our report cards and our messaging, we're having elected officials, not candidates. People really focus on the candidates. If we get the right person in office, they'll do the right thing. No, they no. won't. <laughs> we don't see that move. Elders, that, that's not the case, elders. Sorry about that. We love you, you know, but it's just not the case. Right. Oh, because once yeah. again, 
powerful groups can make a phone call mm-hmm. and get policy. Right. Had nothing to do with voting. Had nothing to do with dealing with candidates. Right. They make a phone call and they get political change. You know, one of the things that happened, like we have, uh, you know, President Biden here on the screen, right? All right. Since the 1800s, <clears throat> we've been saying we're having a very different experience with the political justice system here. We need to make it a lot more accessible for us. We need to make it fairer for the blacks. During this time, do you know what Joe Biden recently did? His administration, not him particularly, but his administration, people under his purview. (laughs) What do these fools do? (sighs) All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, Miranda, M-A-R-A-N-D-A writes. Oh, okay. Miranda writes overturned. Mm, okay. Wow. That's a game changer. Oh, oh, yeah. And this happened... Uh, the the Biden administration's uh, what what what's the uh, the the lawyer, um, the the attorney general. That's the term. That's what that's the, the okay. lawyer. Also. The attorney general worked with the Supreme Court. The attorney general of the Biden administration worked with the Supreme Court. So now we can no longer sue law enforcement for purposely violating Miranda rights. Now, you might say Miranda writes, that's just a small thing. That's just a statement they have oh. to read. <laughs> that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's so big that the attorney general and the Supreme Court had to make a decision on it. So and, while, you know, so, you know, you know, when we talk about, you know, <laughs> when we talk about voting blue, no matter who is dumb. Right. This is something that, you know, this yeah. This is something dumb that a blue administration did to our people. Right. Now, of course, yeah, it did it to all Americans. Yeah, true, true. Mm. It disproportionately impacts us. Right. So, all those who were and I have, you know, I have frat brothers um who were hey, voting blue no matter who. Mm. That's what they did. And, and this and just that, happened June 28th. What's today's date? July 28th. This happened a month ago. Okay. And the reason why I say it's a game changer, I remember when I did grand jury duty and the cops were so lazy, they didn't bother reading their rights. So when I started hearing the testimony of the suspect, I said, wait, wait a minute. I said, were you Mirandized at the time of your apprehension? Now, the assistant DA was standing behind me. He says, I can't let that be answered in here. That can only be answered for, before a judge. And so based on a technicality that I discovered, the guy walks subsequently because these cops didn't Mirandize him at the time of apprehension. And see, that's why I said that all of us need to do grant uh, jury duty at least once. Oh, but, you know, we scared of doing jury duty. Okay. 
We scared of the courts. Because you need to see, like, the way uh, grand jury duty is set up in New York State is 23 people. They elect one secretary, one foreman, and the rest of us are kind of like witnesses. And so each hour they come in, you know, they give uh, testimony, and then we have to determine if there is enough evidence to move the case forward to a trial. Okay. I, I think you're right. I think more of us should stop shirking away from jury duty. Mm-hmm. More of us should go to civic classes. Mm. All right. Yeah. But I know the uh, the more yeah. Science Temple brothers and sisters, um, they have civics classes. And, mm. you know, I have no problem with the term more, Moorish, Moorish right. American. You know, I, I'm a more. That's cool. Uh, mm. I, I I don't set trip off for the titles or the terms or the terminology. I know right. they you know they get mad at me because I use the term black and you know stuff like that. Uh, oh okay, you know let me let me do this because I I haven't done this in a while. Booyaka! Mm. All right, haven't okay. done this in a while. <laughs> right. African American is an American citizen of some level, not necessarily entirely of African or indigenous descent. The use of the term black doesn't refer to skin color, hair texture, origin from a city or state or country, nation or a planet named black. We're not talking about a crayon color and we're not using the term to address one's legal status or nationality. Hmm. When we're using it in this conversation, we're using black to mean a person of some level of African or and or indigenous or aboriginal descent. Okay. Uh, yeah, you got to do that every so often. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's crazy is uh, one of my Morris brothers, uh, uh, Fred. I can't think of what Fredericks, Fredericks Jones L. Um, okay. Became a little disgruntled with the uh, show after we did that disclaimer. Good brother, check out his content. It has some really good content. It has some good music. Frederick Jones L. Uh, but okay. was a little bothered by that disclaimer. Um, but today, <laughs> we're really kind of talking about what Big Tigger said, right? Yeah. So let's let's go back and let's just kind of bring this let's bring this ship in. All right. So mm-hmm. Big Tigger, along with others, said, "I don't care about re- reparations. Just." And he didn't. He didn't specifically say he didn't. Well, tweet. He didn't specifically tweet. Just shut up, shut up, and vote blue, no matter who. But he's had a number of uh, Democratic candidates, like he had Stacey Abrams, and I'm a Stacey Abrams fan, not because of her politics. She and I disagree on a lot politically, um, mm. but I like the sister. You know, I've okay. listened to her speak, and I'm like, oh, I could, I could, I could sit down and have a sandwich with her. <laughs> okay. You know, have some coffee with her because right. I like the way she thinks. I like the way she moves. I like the way that she runs her business. You know, um, mm. she, she has a, uh, she's an author, and she's an author okay. using a pseudonym, and mm. has a really big following with. So I'm really impressed by her, uh, and I'm really impressed with her activism for the Democrat Party. She right. didn't do it for us. Mm. She didn't do it for women. All her work has been to bolster the Democratic Party. 
and that's fine. That's that's her choice. Right. Um, but you know, you know, he had uh, Big Tigger had Stacey Abrams had Joe Biden on his platform, and you know he's doing interviews now. So, oh wow! I know you said that he hasn't been. What did you say? He hadn't been what? The boy ain't been relevant since he was freestyling on Rap City. Okay. <laughs> he was a heck of a freestyler though. Um now he's he's saying things that other people are saying and we need to stop saying. So okay. uh like this all right, so this person, I don't care about reparations, never have. I'm worried about now racism, police brutality, homelessness, just like you. I care about Ukraine, but we should be first. Huh? You see, people, uh, okay. yeah. Okay, it, it, the stupidity reigns. It continues. And I'm not calling them stupid. I'm saying the statement was. Yeah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> see, this this is my whole thing because. <laughs> that part. That part. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, okay. On, you know, the, the previous comment as well. You know, when, when I really began studying economics, I had to study history. Okay, so how can you separate the past from the present and say, I don't care about back then. I only care about here and now. But here and now is tied to back then. If you understand back then, you'll understand here and now and what is to come. So everything mm -hmm. is a continuum. So you can't have one without the other. Because if I can control your present, I can control your past and ultimately your future because now I dictate your narrative. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's why I said there has to be a scientific approach to politics. Remember, the degree says political science, not political emotion. Well, this is what Tigger actually tweeted. Um, I don't care about reparations. If I got any, and I would be entitled as my father was born in America. Okay, let's stop there. Complete okay. stop. Being born in America does not make you entitled to reparations for the descendants of enslaved in America. Being born in America does not make you entitled. So no. I have a friend who's Filipino. All right. Yeah. You know, salute to Spunk, man. What's up, Spunk? That's my dude. Um, <clears throat> he was born in America. Mm -hmm. His mother was Filipino. Right. Does that make him? He, he was born in America. Does that? No, it doesn't. So Big Tigger, you're saying, you know, you're obviously not as informed as you need to be. Okay. And then the interesting thing is his, his, his mom's black. His father's black. He calls himself a black man of mixed heritage. Now, what is he saying? Uh, his mother is Jamaican. Okay. Big Tigger's mother is Jamaican. His his father might be Ados. I actually don't. I, actually, I think I have it backwards. I think his. I think his father's family was from Jamaica. His mother's family would be Ados or foundational Black American. That's the time the term that I prefer using. Um, but he calls himself a black man of mixed heritage. It, it, he's throwing out these things, and I, I uh, you, you know, all right, 
But my whole right. thing is, why, why was that necessary? Okay. Yeah. Because, that, because I said, look, your enemy doesn't care where you come from in the African world community. All he knows is you're the enemy. All right. The Black Light Expo. <clears throat> I just want them to stop the racist BS and let blacks be great as they were intended to be. And, and see, <sighs> this this whole thread and this I, I know we said this before. This is why you don't waste time having arguments with powerless people because there's no prize to gain. OK, this is just barbershop hoot and holler there's no real dialogue yeah it is it, is yeah yeah you know and, and um and you're I right think, we shouldn't yeah. get wrapped up in this and i'm just kind of using this right. because big tigger is saying what some other uninformed people are saying right and like i said this whole thing when it comes to voting it's driven by emotions because what I think has happened is, is that people are now voting from guilt and tradition because now you have to justify all the bloodshed that took place for you to get the right to vote, even though you know the casino is rigged from the jump. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Martin or Martin. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's assume that Jimmy Martin or Martin, or Martin, is uh, is is quote unquote black. But here I am wanting equality and not an easier route. Reparations is not about an easier route. So it, so yeah. we got to check people, particularly people like Big Tigger, when they say when they talk about reparations without necessarily having an understanding of what's been fought for, fought for since 1830 mm. 18th uh, eight yeah we we got it we got it yeah as much as we can't as much as we can't um you know focus you know major in the minors you know major in people just having these barbershop and uh hair salon talks on online as long as we, you know, as much as we shouldn't do that, we also need to make sure that for people like Big Ticker, we really need to make sure that he's awakened and informed because he's saying some stuff in the ether that other people are going to follow and it's stupid. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and this is the danger that Malcolm warned us about when celebrity starts masquerading as leadership. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for Ticket to have the platform that he has, okay, let's say he has 5 million followers and you start making those types of ignorant remarks and most of your uh, followers aren't politically astute enough to know the difference. They're just following you because you're the cult of personality and they take anything and everything you say as gospel. Ooh, you just used the word gospel. <laughs> okay, and that goes with a uh, southern sweetie here. Mm. All right. Oh, she's a she's a veteran, army veteran. So, hey, southern sweetie, thanks for your uh, your service to our country. 
No Hebrew Israelite camp, religious or Bantu doctrine. Uh, okay. Okay. So. All right. I don't know what that is. Uh, <clears throat> she's pretty much saying that I'm locked thoroughly into Christianity and anything else I got to push away. Uh, but so Bishop Talbert Swan, Bishop, Christian Bishop. Okay. Talbert Swan. <laughs> the Democrats, this is why. This is so, <laughs> you know, when we say things like, uh, what is it? Voting blue no matter who is dumb. <laughs> this is why. And right. this is a great Christian pastor, you know, the 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 Bishop Talbert Swan, who okay. let us know. The Dems, voting blue no matter who. The Dems gave Asians an anti-Asian hate law. Okay. Now, did they do that for uh not not for Alma Diallo, but for Latasha Harlins? You know, and, and there was a rash of Korean store owners. And we also saw that happen with some of the Chinese store owners mm-hmm. and the Japanese store owners who were physically attacking our people for the last, what, 75 years. I'm sorry, not wrong, wrong, not 75 years. <clears throat> Let's say at least 30. Yes. Okay. And no anti-black hate law mm-hmm. when Asians, you know, our Asian brothers and sisters have been evil towards us. Right. No black anti, you know, no anti-black hate law. Mm. And, and see, this is where you have to understand how America is structured in right. order for America to operate the way she does politically and economically. There has to be what I call a designated loser. Okay, black failure, quote unquote, is big business in America. There's no there's nothing to profit from us being productive people, because who are the ones who are making money off our pathology and our dysfunctionality politically and economically? (laughs) So. If if one of these store owners, be it Korean, Chinese, or Japanese, they says, well, you should go out and, and get your own store and do this. I say, I know you're lying because you're making your living off me. So you don't really want me to do that. Okay? You want me to remain as a consumer and not as a competitor. That's why when Dr. Claude Anderson put the proposal for Africatown before the Detroit City Council, you know who came against it? The Mexicans, the Arabs, and the Asians saying that it was too divisive. Too divisive, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is this is the reason why those of us who are blue no matter who, mm-hmm. everyone else is getting tangibles. Right. We're getting symbology. We're getting symbols. We're getting, you know, Kamala Harris is gorgeous to me. She's a very intelligent and very accomplished person. So I salute Kamala Harris for her accomplishments, you know. But that's not a tangible. That has not necessarily helped 
black America. And, you know, know, yeah. And there's another issue that we have. (laughs) We want sanctified revolution. Hmm. In other words, we don't want to get grimy and dirty. Okay. We want sanctified revolution. We don't want uh, a revolution to where we got a rumble. Um, transformation to where, like, what does it say in the New Testament? What Jesus says, I, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. Right, right, right. Okay. And what, what, what we have to understand is, is that every other group on this planet is race first, even to the point or at the expense of other groups. We don't want to play that kind of hardball because we too sanctified. And our morality keeps getting in the way of our essential need for selfishness in the name of survival. Okay? We too busy looking for friends instead of making sure that there will be African people in the year 2100. So we will sacrifice our future just to find a friend today, and then you wonder why the youth are knocking us in the head. Because we didn't build a future for them, because we sold it out. See, we have to understand that the decisions we make has ripple effects. It's not just for today. So whatever we do, it has a tenfold thing. And then when the youth look at us and say, why didn't you do anything for us? Or why didn't you provide something for us when you were handing your money to other ethnic groups and not using it to build a future for your own children? And then that's why they knock you in the head. Well, that's another reason why, you know, we're looking at what Big Tigger said and saying like, man, what? What are you talking about? Okay, and see, it's easy for, for, for somebody like Big Ticket to talk because you live in such an isolated ivory tower situation. When was the last time you did an urban safari throughout Atlanta? Okay, with what's about to go down when the World Cup shows up in 2026, how many more of our people are going to be displaced? Is it going to be twice as many as those who got displaced when the Olympics came in 96? Okay, Hmm. so we keep talking this fantasy thing because we're not or those who have the means don't have to suffer. uh, They don't have to suffer the effects or the repercussions of certain decisions that are made. Okay, so in other words, the masses suffer, but because you live in some suburban part of Atlanta, it don't bother you. So how can you really speak for the people when you don't even dwell amongst them? Okay? Your next door neighbor doesn't look like me. Okay? Your next door neighbor is just like you because now you eat fish eggs. You know, because now you feel like you're too good for hardhead cheese now. Because you done moved on up. But no matter how high you go, what do they call you in private? 
and you're making some interesting good points, brother. Um, now, we're going to get pushback. And people are going to say, well, the Biden-Harris administration, as being the leading blue force, mm. has done a lot of great things for black Americans. <laughs> and, yeah, so... And, and see, once again, are we talking political science or political emotion? Yeah. Okay. And we don't now, what's interesting? Yeah. It says here, you know, for for generations, entrenched disparities in our society and economy, at times facilitated by the federal government have made it harder for black Americans to have fair shot at the American dream. Hmm. So, okay. okay. True. This is funny because this is the same thing that was done during uh, the election. Okay. I always want to throw that American dream up in there. I'll tell you. Um, <clears throat> Dr. King, one of his quotes, and I, I need to, <clears throat> it's not coming up as quickly as I wanted it to come up. Okay. Well, one of the things that he said was something particular happened to the Negro and something particular needs to happen for the Negro. Okay. Is this from a political or economic position that King was talking about? Um, I can't remember the entire context, but he did say something particular happened to the Negro, like okay. this section says. Mm. Right? Like this section says. Alright? Okay. Let me, let me enlarge it. Alright. Like this section says, for generations, mm-hmm. generational wealth, right. generational poverty, mm-hmm. for generations, entrenched disparities in our society and economy at times facilitated by the federal government <clears throat> have made it harder for black Americans to have a fair shot at the American dream. Okay. All right. So now he says, as the nation marks Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, okay. All right. Let's see. What have they done? By signing into law the historic American Rescue Plan, did it say Black American Rescue Plan or did it say American Rescue Plan? See. <laughs> so, something specific happened to Black Americans, which made it harder. For them to have a fair shot at the American dream. Centuries of injustice and decades of disinvestment. Mm, okay. All right. But the and ARP, yeah. mm-hmm. the ARP, the American Rescue Plan, helped everybody. And, and remember what Kamala Harris said in that interview. She says, I'm not doing anything specifically for African people, period. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm not going to do anything that only benefits black people, is what she said. Uh, I'm not going to do anything that only benefits black people. You know, and like our Islamic brothers always said, there's a quote that they use. You love the devil because he promises you nothing. Mm. Okay. But it, it was, yeah, it was in, it was in the uh, Kamala Harris interview. Um, I hit the wrong button. It was in the interview she did on with the Breakfast Club where she said, "I'm not going to only, I'm not going to do anything that only benefits black people." All right, so we go back. The ARP benefits everybody, so it is not something. So they're touting how it's been beneficial to blacks, right? But it wasn't done for blacks. No, blacks getting a benefit was a side. It, it just it was it happened because everybody benefited. Reversing decades of disinvestment, disinvestment through the bipartisan infrastructure law. Oh, what's the infrastructure law? Mm-hmm. The infrastructure law will replace lead pipes, increase access to training, and good quality jobs. Mm. Expand. Okay. Reconnect black neighborhoods divided by legacy highway infrastructure and provide other resources to finally give black communities a fair shot at the American dream. So are they replacing lead pipes only in black neighborhoods? Nope. No. Increase the access to training and good quality jobs only in black neighborhoods? No. Expand affordable high speed internet only in black communities? No. Reliable public transit? Reliable public transit. Just in black net. Please. Yeah. And so I can take the <clears throat> leveraging federal procurement to help black entrepreneurs and black families build wealth. Okay. That's great for uh, entrepreneurs. But even the entrepreneurs can't really get access to the necessary wealth to expand their existing businesses to be of size and scale. Okay, so most of our businesses are considered small business. And the way the federal government defines small business is any for profit entity that generates less than the annual gross revenue of $10 million. Okay. Now in your neck of the woods, how many black owned businesses do you know that generates at least 10 million a year in annual gross revenue? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay. So these monies he's done set asides for small disadvantaged businesses. Okay. Which means now that doesn't, that doesn't mean black businesses. Right. Which means, and I'll tell you this firsthand, a lot of these subcontractors for these construction companies, they'll play the game where they'll shift at least 51% ownership to a white female and make her the CEO to get at the set asides. 
I've seen mm-hmm. it done. And that's how a lot of black subcontractors in the past would get frozen out. Why? By playing that game. But I think now uh, a lot of states are trying to close that loophole. You know, the first on face value, ensuring black homeowners get full value for the homes, because we know that if a appraiser walks into a property and sees pictures of family members and it looks like it's a black home, they don't necessarily, in many cases, it's been shown that they don't get evaluated at the same height as their white counterparts. Right. So this this piece on face value, they're going hey, to make sure that everyone gets a fair shot. Hmm. Okay. How are they going to do that? <clears throat> Making right. the appraisal industry more accountable. Okay. Weas- weasel words, because oh making somebody more accountable. <laughs> Empowering consumers with critical information and assistance if they receive a valuation that is lower than expected. Mm. You know, is it saying that only blacks will get the chance to, to make an appeal if the valuation isn't what they expected? It's not saying that. And, and what is this going to do to address the history of redlining in our communities? It's not. It's not. It, it's not. Okay. It's, this is really set up simply to deal with the bias in property evaluations. So it's, it's not set up to deal with redlining. Okay. All right. So all these great things that um, <laughs> we have here in the fact sheet on the Biden-Harris administration's support for black Americans is the same thing I was in Trump's document. (laughs) Nothing but political. It's the same thing that was in Trump's document. And so, you know, President Trump could say the same thing. Ear sex and hoe chatter. (laughs) Look, um, this whole conversation was dealing with what Big Tigger said. Mm-hmm. And the voting blue, no matter who. Right. Let's wrap this baby up. Let's let's take this one home, man. It mm-hmm. comes down to this. It comes down to this, right? Mm-hmm. And what's the one thing that all of those groups have in common? <clears throat> they develop the economic muscle to then be able to purchase the political muscle. Okay? You don't see these groups in mass at the polls, but their money dictates political policy. Hmm. All right. You're not hearing our Asian family say vote blue no matter who. But they got Asian hate laws. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing our Jewish family say vote blue no matter who. Right. But they got anti-Jewish hate resolution. And recently, th- there was some monies that were given to 
Oh man, there was some monies that were given to Holocaust survivors. Mm. The federal government of America gave monies to Holocaust survivors. You might hear some LGBTQIA plus advocates saying vote blue no matter who. So, okay. Okay. But you're not going to, you know, you never heard that from Jews or Asians. No. But you hear a lot of us saying it Mm -hmm. and nothing towards reparations. Voting rights, interestingly enough, they get it, they twist it, they twist our perception of voting rights. Voting Mm -hmm. rights, everyone in America who is an adult has the right to vote. Right. Unless you've committed a crime or Mm -hmm. there's some other extenuating circumstance, right? Right. So when they keep talking about voting rights, it's really a harken back to the 60s and the 50s when we didn't enjoy voting rights. Right. Okay. Now, our Republican brethren are making it a little more difficult for people to show up and vote. Mm -hmm. You got to have the right credentials to show up and vote. Right. Our Democrat brethren are, are, are trying to make it easier for people to show up, may not have all the right credentials, and still vote. Mm Mm-hmm. But that has nothing, brothers and sisters, to do with us. When more people vote in an election, normally Democrats win. When fewer people vote in an election, normally Republicans win. Right. This voting rights fight that's happening on the Democrats and Republicans has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with their parties. So the Republicans realize if we can uh, reduce the amount of people who vote, we can win. And the Democrats saying, hey, if we can increase the amount of people who vote, we're going to win. It has nothing to do with protecting our interests. All right. And so we go to police reform and police reform. We just saw how the Biden administration, you know, remove Miranda rights. The Biden administration has not done an executive order to address police reform. No. The Biden administration gave more money to police departments Mm. throughout our country. Okay. Not to reform, to allow them to do what best serves those departments. Right. No anti-black hate law. So... This is why voting blue, no matter who, is dumb. And since we're calling that dumb, the smart solution is before I render my vote, before I even state who I'm going to vote for, I need to have a contract with that elected official that they are going to fight for or enact, however they do it, Certain things on our agenda. And every city is going to be a little different, man. 
you know, right. with the community action team, what we've developed for the black agenda in Portsmouth, Virginia, is very different than the black agenda in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Get your troops together, put together your agenda and say, until you promise me these things, we're not going to vote for you, even though we're inclined to vote for you. And I have to admit, with some of the, you know, the F-boy things that are happening in politics now, I'm going to have a hard time voting for a Republican. I've done it before. But, I mean, you saw what they just did with um, the Republicans in Congress did not vote to enact a law that would make it mandatory that white supremacists are identified in the police ranks and the military ranks and ejected from the police and the military. Every Republican in Congress, I think I had a picture about that. We talked about that last time, didn't we? Right, yeah. Yeah. Every Republican in Congress voted to protect the neo-Nazis in the U.S. military. I can't support any Republican for that reason. Now, I'm not saying I would have voted Republican in general, but I'm just saying just because of that F-boy stuff and some of the other things they're doing, mm-hmm. I, I can't support that. Right. And I'm also looking at what some of the Dems are doing. In fact, that the Dems haven't done these things. Okay. Voting right, police reform, anti-black hate laws, you know, reparations. Yeah. It's going to make it hard for me to support them either. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in an interesting spot. For the last few years, I only vote for people who are rocking with me. I only put my support behind politicians who are on code, who are following the agenda items that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And I share it with them. I don't expect them to read my mind. Or take a pulse of the neighborhood. They're not going to do that. Right. You know, that's up to us. But there's been times when I voted on everything but this particular line item. Because mm. neither one of the candidates on that particular line item had my interest, our interest, black interest, right. as a part of their agenda. Mm-hmm. So we're saying... Voting blue no matter who is dumb because it doesn't empower you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And we still have yet to, as Kwame Turi says, organize, organize, organize. Okay. All of those groups that were listed may be small in number, but because of their organization, they're able to get things done because they have a clearly defined mission, vision, and purpose that they put on the table along with the check to get things done because they approach things scientifically and from a position of strength and value. What value does African people offer beyond a vote? 
And why do you continue to be treated like a wet food stamp after elections? If I'm a political official, who am I going to listen to? Somebody who delivers 30,000 votes or somebody who delivers a $3 million check? Cut the check, baby. Okay. Well, I want to wrap this up and yeah. say somebody talk to Big Tig, man. Somebody talk to Big Tigger. Um, I, I don't think he has the full spectrum of information to say I don't care about reparations and to promote and for him to continue promoting so many Democrats on this platform without saying these things haven't been done. We've been asking for them since 1830. What gives? Mm-hmm. Now, now I get it though. When people come on your platform to promote themselves, they, they they're not going to pay for pushback. I, so I get it, mm-hmm. and that's why we can't really hold Big Tigger up to be what he could be, because you know he's not necessarily fully working for us. Right, and. I guess the other thing is, can you really take a man seriously who names himself after a character from Winnie the Pooh? All right. My nickname was Pooh in high school, so <laughs> I mean, I'm really. probably not the right person to answer that question. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, I'm really going to take political advice from somebody named Big Tigger? Well, Hey, you've been listening to a great episode of Get On Code. We've been dealing with Big Tigger and his statement. Uh, I'm Seiko Varner. And we've been rocking with the good brother, Minister Zumbi, the author of GOAT, the Gospel of Afronomics Theology. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick up your copy. You can order it where, good brother? You can get it at Amazon or you can get it at your favorite independent African-centered bookstore. Hey, Melanate Your Money Movement. Pick it up in a black bookstore. (laughs) That was one of my sayings a few years ago. Melanate Your Money Movement. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Let the money circulate. Let the money circulate. I can't remember who did that song. Was that Gladys Knight and the Pips? Mm. Let the money circulate. Let the money circulate. Okay. At any rate, hey, Code Keepers, it was good having you on here. Um, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully we've said something correctly. <laughs> uh, it's been real. Knowledge, knowledge. Peace. Oh, eat your vegetables. <laughs>